Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. All right, with the dulcet tones of the E Street brand bringing us in on this Saturday morning, it is another edition of Drive Time Radio right here on Alternative Talk 1150 KKNW. A very good morning to you. New York Vinny hanging out with you as I do every Saturday morning from 8 to 9. And we talk about cars. We talk about life. We talk about cars. We talk about whatever there is to talk about because that's what uh, we do at the Garden Level Studios again today of Golden V Media, which is uh, just a lovely, lovely place, looking out on a gray sky, and it's kind of nippy out there this morning, kind of cold, I don't know, I'm kind of, it's an extra sweater, and I got a lot of insulation, but, you know, you got to go for that extra sweater or put the heat on in the car. By the way, I got to ask a question, and you you can get a hold of me on our Facebook page at uh, Facebook at DriveTimeRadioTV.com, but I do have to ask a question. I'm driving... Now probably the second or third hybrid car that I've driven since I've been back here in the Northwest. I'm uh, driving it, um, a Lexus uh, UX200, I believe it is, this week. And is it me or the heaters in the hybrid cars? Not as hot as... You know, in a gasoline engine, just a straight gasoline engine car. I mean, I don't know why that would be everything I know about how heaters work, engineering and radiator cores and everything like that. There should be no reason that it would work like that. But yet, uh, and I don't know if it's a psychological thing or what, but it seems like the heater in the car isn't as hot. I was sitting in the car yesterday, and it was kind of cold last night. I was sitting uh, up in Edmonds. You know, I, I love to go up there and sit and watch the ferries come. I, I listen, I'm a simple man of simple taste. And, you know, I was watching the ferries go back and forth at the Edmonds dock. And, you know, it was Valentine's Day. I didn't have anything to do. So I'm watching the uh, ferries go back and forth, and I'm freezing, and I put the heater on, and I can't. I can't get the thing to get hot. You know how like it gets warm, but you know how you, you sometimes you're in a car and you crank up that heater and it's like so hot you got to open the windows. That's the hot I wanted, and I never could get there last night with the um, with, with the, the the Lexus. And it's not just the Lexus. I was driving another hybrid, and I had the same problem. So I don't know hybrid owners. You tell me. Is it, is it me? Am I getting uh, cold-blooded or something here in my old age? Or is it something that uh, you find as well in your um, travels with your car? You know, other than that, the car's a beautiful car. It's a fun car. It, you know, handles nicely as a sport mode. It's, I'll, I'll do a whole review on it coming up. But I just, um, I was kind of shocked. And again, like I say, this is just one now. It's a couple from different manufacturers. Maybe it's just a mental thing. But I was hoping for more heat out of my hybrid. But it looks like my hybrid will get hot. And if your hybrid doesn't get hot, that's horrendous. Sounds like a line out of Harry and the Hendersons. All right, we got our uh, we got our top five for you. 
Time now for this week's top five. The five things you need to know about cars and car culture this week. All right, top five. I thought in honor of Valentine's Day, and I hope everybody had a nice Valentine's Day, that you all, um, you know, it's, uh, listen, it's a holiday that some people love, some people hate. I, I'm a lover, so I love the holiday, and even though, you know, you, you have those uh, those times when you're not with anybody, is is it is right now. I still felt a lot of love on Valentine's Day. Maybe it was just a different kind of love, but... Um, you know, that was Valentine's Day. All right, top five places to make out in your car. You know, this, this could have turned into something because a few years ago I did one of these where I did the top five cars to um, make out in. And one of the prerequisites, anyway, and I got trouble for it for somebody and they got upset with me and... Because they said it was a sexist thing. I don't think making out in a car is a sexist thing, number one. Number two, if you, you know, I, I mean, really, folks, are we, is that where we're at these days? Where people are upset if we talk about making out in a car that they think that that's a sexist thing? I mean, women drive cars and bring men down to make out as well. Boys do it with girls, girls do it with boys. Open up your eyes and get real. All right, top five places. The number five place is at the end of the Tale of the Dragon in South Carolina. There is a road in South Carolina called the Tale of the Dragon. And it's this curvy road. I've driven down it before. Very popular with motorcyclists, uh, but also with sports car enthusiasts. So popular, they have a camera up there that takes pictures and they sell them to you. Anyway, the Tale of the Dragon... Uh, at the end of it, they have this, uh, this like a an overlook that looks across this valley uh, on the Georgia, South Carolina, Tennessee line. It's right there, just before the Blue Ridge Parkway, and it's a beautiful spot. And from what I understand, um, many people get charged up after that ride through the tail of the dragon through those uh, what are the thirty three curves and eleven miles. Um, and they get uh, they get charged up, and they go into the parking lot there and do a little making out. It's a good thing. The camera, obviously, at the end, isn't pointed toward toward that that thing right there. Uh, the number four top spot to make out in your car is in Chicago uh, at the I think it's Grant Park, where the um, where you have this overlooking. You know, Chicago's flat. But if you drive out to the pier, it's actually the Navy Pier, excuse me, the Navy Pier, you can sit out there and there's a parking lot and you can turn around and look back at the skyline of Chicago or you can have the lake, whichever way you want to point your car, and you can make out in your car there. That's supposed to be a top spot for the people in Chicago to uh, make out. So if you're ever in Chicago and you want to make out with somebody, that's... um, uh, that's a place that you can uh, you can go. And it's, this is useful things to know. The number three top spot to make out is Mulholland Drive in Los Angeles. You've seen it in a million movies. It's that overlook when you're looking out at the city of Los Angeles. You've seen it, uh, millions of commercials filmed there and everything like that. You're sitting up on top on Mulholland. And you can look out on the entire city of Los Angeles below you. 
It's I don't know how many times that if somebody has taken somebody up there, put their arm around them, looked at them and said, baby, someday this will all be yours. <laughs> That's the top spot right there uh, in Los Angeles to, uh, to make out. The top spot in New York City, I always thought uh, Fort Making Out is a story apart. It's under the Triborough Bridge. It's the place we used to go when we were kids. Well, there was two spots. There was the Astoria Park right by the um, railing that looked out on the East River. You had the spectacular view of Manhattan, the Triborough Bridge. You had the water current going by from the East River. And there's a lot of stories about the East River and people jumping in. Or you had the parking lot, which was above that on the other side of the park, where you still get some of the view but it was a lot darker and a lot less traffic. That was um, the s- more serious, I think. Um, uh, how would you say it? Yeah, I guess the more serious maker outers were in that uh, in that parking lot up there. And so, Astoria Park in New York City, and the number one makeout spot. And I did this because, hey, listen, I'm in Seattle, so that's where I'm going to say is number one, right? because that's the one I'm most likely to use. And I know I'll get some arguments with this one, but tell me that there's a better spot than Don Armani Park uh, over in West Seattle as you pull in, you know, where the boat launch is over there? Well, if you go there at night, first of all, turn your lights off if you're going into the parking lot. But number two, it's just filled with people that are... um, Get familiar with each other, shall we say. It's a great make-out spot. has a spectacular view of the city. If it's a clear night, you can see the West Seattle Bridge. You can see uh, both stadiums, the uh, cranes, which I always think are fascinating. As a matter of fact, there was a setup the other night I was looking at where you had this the, the, that beautiful moon uh, that was around, and it was hung right between t- two of those cranes as it was rising. And it was, uh, I thought it was one of the most beautiful pictures of the city of Seattle that I had seen in uh, in a long time. So again, and plus you can see the Space Needle. You just have this full, you know, 180 view of Seattle and this city and what it's all about. I'm, I'm sure that in the daytime, or who goes to make out in the daytime except you're in the lunch or lunch crowd. Um, that uh, might be a place that you would go and check out and see the mountains. But uh, at night, I think that's the number one spot for making out here in uh, Seattle. If you have other ideas about where you thought the uh, number one make-out spot in a car, we're not talking about walking, we're not we're talking about in a car. You get in a car, all of a sudden you, you know, you're getting the urges and you want to put your arm around your honey and you don't want to do it in traffic. Where do you go? Well, Don Armani Park here in West Seattle, or over in West Seattle, I should say, uh, should be the top spot for you and that is your top five uh for this week so you know listen it don't always have to be about uh there's a lot of stuff going on but that does to do with cars so we're having we're having a little fun with that and we do that every week so that uh that you have something to uh to talk about to think about around a water cooler make you a little smarter uh at um, lunch than you were at breakfast. All right, 8.14 is the time. Um, got a, a new sponsor on the show that I want to introduce you to. They are good friends of mine, and I hope 
at some point, they will become good friends of yours, too. Menashe and Sons Jewelers in West Seattle. Now, there are tons of jewelry stores out there, but there really is only one Menashe and Sons. You walk in, and you're greeted with a hello right away. Chances are from the owner, Jack, his son, Josh, or another family member. If you have something specific in mind, they are one of their experts. Listen to you. They talk to you. And they want to find out why you're there, what you need, what they can help you with. It's not like some of these jewelry stores where you have some people just looking at you and going, oh, yeah, you know, you're bothering me. What do you want? You don't know what you want? Come back when you know what you want. Nothing like that. They listen to you, and then they try to make your wish of a perfect ring, necklace, ID bracelet, a reality. Maybe it's sitting right there in stock. They have tons of great rings uh, and jewelry in stock. Or maybe you have a dream of what you want floating around in your head. Their designers will make that dream a once-in-a-lifetime unique reality. They did it for me. The ring they made for me gets comments from everyone who's ever noticed it. I'll tell you what. Even my ex-mother-in-law liked the ring. Menashe and Sons in West Seattle, also a full-service jeweler. If you need an appraisal, you're looking to sell something, maybe looking at adding to your jewelry box. Menashe and Sons has a wide selection of estate jewelry, the biggest in the Northwest. Art Nouveau, Edwardian, Art Deco, all in one place, and they do expert repairs. If it's broke, don't fix it until you come to Menashe and Sons in the heart of West Seattle. 4532 California Southwest, near the junction, online at MenasheJewelers.com and on Instagram at Menashe Jewelers. The trip to, see, to West Seattle is worth going over to see my friends at Menashe Jewelers. The National Safety Council says seatbelts can and do save lives every day. Buckle up for safety, everybody. Buckle up. You found us. Maybe you've been guided to listen. Alternative Talk 1150. Back with you here on Drive Time Radio, New York Vinny with you. Uh, coming up a little later in the show, we'll have our um, Drive Time cartoon of the week. Right now, though, minivans. You know, we don't talk about them enough, but they are uh, experiencing a resurgence. Uh, there are a number of good ones out there. It's not the selection there used to be, but the ones that are out there are really good and really interesting. And the top seller and the best one I think out there is the Chrysler Pacifica. You can get it in hybrid. You can get it in a regular gasoline version. You can get it in several different versions that fit your needs. We got a chance uh, not too long ago to catch up with a product engineer from Chrysler, from FCA, Matt McAleer, and talk to him 
about uh, minivans and the resurgence in these vehicles and why minivans have become cool again. Well, you know, we looked at it, and I think the minivan segment's got a bad rap over the last few years. It's true. In 2000, there were over a million minivan sales in the country. Uh, you fast forward 16 years, uh, and there was just about 500,000. So it, it was cut in half. But what no one really talks about was is back in 2000, there were 17 minivan models in the segment competing for that million units. Uh, today, there's arguably just uh, there's six, and two of them on our showroom floor, and one of them is uh, Nissan, who's kind of in again, out again. So from a major competitive standpoint, it's uh, us, Honda, Toyota, and uh, Kia gaining some share, but the major shares are um, us, Honda, and Toyota. Uh, to split a half a million units a year. So it's a very good segment. It's alive. It's growing. Uh, millennials are coming into the parenting generation. And, you know, we did more research. We talked to them. We said, what do you want from a minivan? And they wanted something fresh and new. They didn't want the minivan they grew up in. They wanted something different. Uh, so this is an all-new vehicle from the ground up. It's a brand-new architecture. Uh, it really uh, kind of reinvents the minivan uh, that we invented over 30 years ago. Uh, there's 37 segment first in this vehicle that no one's seen before in a minivan, uh, which makes uh, the, today's modern family their lives easier. So, you know, from 20-inch wheels that you can't get on any other minivan to uh, a gorgeous design, uh, best-in-class aerodynamics, a 287-horsepower V6. Uh, this thing's fun to drive. It doesn't look like a typical minivan, but it does all the things and more that people are used to getting from it. What gets somebody out of an SUV and into a minivan, or vice versa? Well, I think it's really uh, when you have kids, and you know, we, the research says once you have second, uh, the second kid or the third kid, it's it's the sliding doors. It's not worrying about the door dings. It's the ease of getting kids in and out of car seats because of those doors. It's the ease for kids to get in and out of the vehicle by themselves. It's the low entry height uh, and lower to the ground. It's the comfort and the ability just to. Uh, uh, use it for all your daily activities, uh, loading groceries, unloading groceries, loading a stroller into the back. You know, you don't necessarily have to collapse a stroller. Uh, it's easier to get in. Now, climbing up into a CUV or an SUV and the egress and the ingress um, is just more difficult than a minivan. So it's uh, it's those little things that we're all busier than we ever have been, and it's parents are uh, dual-income, dual families, are shared responsibilities, they're, they're both uh, splitting the family duties, running kids to and from uh, activities in school, and the minivan just... Uh, takes the hassle out of uh, those chores. Who's buying this car? Is it mom? Is it dad? Is it more of a joint decision? Something like this? You know, uh, women definitely, I think, uh, have a lot more say than uh, they did when the minivan was first invented in 1984 in a purchase decision. So, uh, you know, we look at this and say it is a family vehicle. It's uh, it's for moms and dads. It's for uh, it's to share it to make those family duties easier. So. Um, we're going after, I think if you've seen our national uh, ad campaign, we're, we're using Jim Gaffigan, who has five kids of his yeah. own, um, you know, working on his dad brand. Uh, this is not, it's not a mom mobile. It's not a soccer mom's uh, uh, vehicle. This is uh, for the entire family. And, uh, you know, it, it's time that, uh, like these, I think people are getting more into family and, and the right vehicle for them. So having one of these in the driveway just makes uh, weekend uh, life easier. So we won't see a scat pack or a, an SRT or a <laughs> or something like, or 707 horsepower Pacific anytime soon. Something for dead. No, yeah, yeah, absolutely not. I don't think we'll see any muscle car wars coming out of the minivan. But uh, you know, we, we we do have a lot of exciting things happening. Uh, you know, we just are now launching the, the gas model that went on sale uh, last month, April. Uh, later this year.
year we're bringing out the hybrid uh, minivan, which the, the Pacifica hybrid, the first uh, hybrid in the segment, uh, will be a terrific vehicle itself with 80 mile per gallon equivalent. You still have a V6 under the hood with a 17 gallon fuel tank for a 530 total mile range on top of the 30 mile EV range. So. Um, we have some exciting stuff. We'll continue to, you know, we've been an inventor in this, uh, this yeah. segment, and we'll continue to bring new ideas. And these are mostly short trips, these, these mini vans, probably. Probably to school, to the store, to the supermarket, to soccer, to Little League, to this and that. Is that where the hybrid will shine? Absolutely. You know, the, all the research shows that the, the typical family uh, does about 27 to 29 miles of daily commuting. So with the 30-mile electric range, the family can use this all week, never have to go to the gas station. Um, whether or not they want to plug it in and charge it in as quick as two hours for a full charge on a level two charger, or you can just plug it in with a standard 110 volt uh, like you would your refrigerator, and that can get a full charge in 14 hours overnight. Um, but yeah, so the, the idea was let's give them enough range that they can do all their daily chores from Monday through Friday, but if they want to drive to uh, Florida on the weekend to go to Disney World, you can do that. You have a V6 and a gas motor because everyone knows minivans are family traveling vehicles and they're used for vacations. So we want to take the range anxiety out of that. Well, one complaint that I heard a bit about the old TNC and the Dodge Caravan, noise. Have you done anything with these new models to kind of amortize that to cut down on, on the in-vehicle noise? And I'm not talking about the kids in the back seat. <laughs> I'm talking about, you know, just the regular driving noise that you you know, get from normal operation? Uh, absolutely. These, uh, I said, the all-new architecture from the ground up, and it's the quietest minivan in the segment. It has uh, the, the best uh, in-class aerodynamics, so it's an extremely streamlined vehicle. We have laminated glass and triple ceiling doors uh, to really quiet and close the cabin in, but then we have standard active noise cancellation on every single model, so you can easily carry on a conversation from the first to the third row, and it's, uh, it's just a great vehicle to drive. For the person who has no idea what you're talking about, standard active, is it, what does it do? Does it, does it white noise? How, does that, how do you accomplish something like that? So there are microphones uh, throughout the cabin that measure the, the noise coming in to the vehicle, and, uh, the bad noise, the noise we want to get rid of, and then the system automatically sends out the opposite noise waves to cancel out that noise, so it um, eliminates it from what you hear. It looks like you're driving a Bose machine or something like that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, well, good luck with this. I mean, it's a, it's a fine-looking uh, minivan. You, you improved on the style of it. And, uh, you know, for me to say a minivan is stylish, I would, I would say that that's something. Uh, a final question, when, when they brought this to you, you're a marketing guy, so when they brought this to you, what's the one feature, when you looked at this minivan, you said, wow, that, that blew, you out of, blew you out of your chair? Well, you know, from the exterior, I think it was the 20-inch wheels and just uh, the gorgeous design, the hidden door track. Uh, but I have two kids, and we have car seats, and, and we're a firm uh, uh, user and believer in the stow-and-go system. We're the only minivan where the second and third row both fold flat into the floor, uh, and it works so much easier than the, the old generation town and country stow-and-go system. Uh, one of my favorite features is that uh, you can keep the car seats installed now in the second row and flip the seat forward to get into the third row without having to take the car seat out, which... Um, you know, once, for all those parents out there, once you get your, your knee in that and you get it cinched down, you get it locked in, you don't want to have to take that thing out. And then yeah. uh, I think that was just one of those things that it, it makes life easier. And that won't be available on the hybrid, right? So the, the hybrid comes with captain shares. It still slide forward, but they, um, they don't have the easy tilt feature. Yeah. Thanks uh, for the preview today. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. There you go. Matt McAleer, he's a product engineer with uh, FCA talking about the Chrysler Pacifica minivan. And, um, you know, it, it is funny because for so long, minivans uh, were not cool. They were necessities. They were cars that 
People bought because they had to move families here, move families there. But with the advent of SUVs and smaller uh, smaller CUVs, crossover vehicles, uh, they kind of fell out of favor. But all of a sudden, over the past couple of years, especially with the advent of uh, the Chrysler Pacifica and uh, the Kia um, um, Sorento, um, that not the Sorento, the uh, the Kia, but the Sedona, excuse me, the Kia Sedona minivan, um, that these minivans have become really kind of cool. I mean, you get one, and it's like sitting in your living room. I know the Kia, I drove that a couple of weeks ago, and uh, there it's, you know, between the captain's chairs, the seats that recline back, um, so they're almost become like beds, uh, the, the comfortableness that's in them, uh, the different... Uh, Options and features that you get, uh, theaters, you know, home theaters in them. Uh, they even have, uh, I think Chrysler has it, where you can sit in the front seat and there's an intercom, so you don't have to scream at the kids anymore. You just hit the button on your steering wheel, and I think it's, I think it's on the steering wheel, and talk to the kids all the way in the back minivan, so you don't have to strain your voice when you're talking to them. And that is... Uh, for my money, you know, they're thinking about what makes a good family mover. You know, what is going to get you and your family from A to B in comfort and in not so much style. Although I think in the Chrysler uh, Pacifica minivan is a lot of style in that one. Uh, but I certainly do believe that uh, there is a, still a great market for these minivans. I think uh, Chrysler and Kia and Toyota are are positioning themselves, especially Toyota here in the Northwest. They have the only four-wheel drive minivan, which is something that I think somebody else is going to give them some competition with at some point right now. No, but if you want four-wheel drive, you got to go into the uh, Toyota Sienna uh, all-wheel drive. Uh, some people feel more confident, more comfortable when they drive that type of vehicle as opposed to just the uh, two-wheel drive. But either way you go, uh, it's a good time for minivans right now. They're not – the the reports of their demise were extremely exaggerated. People are buying them. uh, They're getting in them. They're driving. They're putting their kids in them. And um, they're giving SUVs, uh, and I think will in the future start, especially with the hybrids, uh, give them a run – for their money. All right, it's Drive Time Radio coming up. We get into uh, a little 80s style car and love. Cars and love. Can you tell I'm in the Valentine's Day mood? Cars and love right here on Drive Time Radio. I'm New York Vinny on 1150 KKNW. No matter how you say it, Cruce con la verde, en el medio pierde. It always means the same thing. Atravesate soltanto al segnale verde, mai nel mezzo della strada. Cross at the green, not in between. Que tarriba de gas, norden vences green, nit erges zwischen in mitten vom block. It means cross at the corner, never in the middle of the block. Don't walk until the light turns green. Always cross at corners where motorists expect you and where you can see them. 
Cross at the green, not in between. In any language, it's a way of life. Don't cross the street in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle of the block. Don't cross the street in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle of the block. Use your eyes to look up. Use your ears to hear. Walk up to the corner when the coast is clear. And wait, and wait until you see the light turn green. Don't cross the street in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle of the block. Don't cross the street in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle of the block. Talk radio for the heart and soul. Alternative Talk 1150. Back with you here on Drive Time Radio, Saturday morning, New York. Vinny hanging out with you on the day after Valentine's Day. A, uh, a great uh, a, a great day. Lots of people out and about last night. It was good to see. Uh, it was just uh, just nice enough that people got out of the house, which is what, uh, you know, sometimes you get them Valentine's Day. It's rainy and cold and everything like that. But it was just nice enough last night. That a lot of people are out about um, up in uh, I'm up in uh, Edmonds, and it was a beautiful night to uh, to go out and and walk around and go to the movies by yourself. Oh well, that's how it goes sometimes. <laughs> I'm not complaining. See, I was complaining. Well, some of us are. I don't know. Anyway, um, our cartoon of the week is one that. Uh, I I had to try to find something. I wanted to plug something in that had something to do with cars and love. Now, not necessarily, and I didn't want to go for the obvious, like Queen. I'm in love with my car. That's uh, you know, that was I don't know. It was too obvious to me. So I went back into the uh, into the song bank, and I pulled out one that I had virtually forgotten about. Virtually wiped it out of my memory but when i saw the video i knew why this was such a popular song it wasn't so much that this song by country star ronnie Millsap was a um uh, a great song or anything like that as a matter of fact it's not the greatest song in the world but the video features a very very young and a very very beautiful Mariska Hargitay driving us like a 59 or 60 Corvette. And let me tell you something. If you could have a dream, uh, Mariska Hargitay driving a 59 or 1960 Corvette would be smack dab right in the middle of it. So let's listen to She Loves My Car, our cartoon of the week with Ronnie Millsap. Does it get any more 80s than that song? I mean, it's Ronnie Millsap, who's a country singer, right? If I'm not mistaken. Good country singer. And he sounds like Oingo Boingo in that, uh, in that day. So everybody was trying to, <laughs> trying to sound the same back then. But like I said, the redeeming, the only redeeming quality really in this song, and I don't always say they're going to be great songs. Sometimes you got to play the bad with the good, is the fact that if you go and punch up the video on YouTube, uh, you'll see Mariska Hargitay in it from uh, Law & Order SVU. And um, that's worth the look, in my opinion. Worth uh, worth the look to see. Uh, boy, she looks like she's about 18 or 19 in this video, too. Uh, very young, probably hadn't had many um, 
starring roles in anything at that point. Uh, if I uh, remember right, I don't think she had much going on. I know she did some stuff when she was a kid because of her her, her parents were, um, you know, were involved in the in show business. But uh, there it is, Ronnie Millsap, and she loves my car, your cartoon of the week. If you have a suggestion for a cartoon of the week, please visit our Facebook page at Drive Time Radio, at, um, yeah, Facebook slash Drive Time Radio and TV. And uh, we always love to hear your suggestions or your feedback on the show and um, so many other things. Next week, we will be at the Portland Auto Show, doing stuff down there. The Portland Auto Show gets cranked up. Media days are Wednesday and Thursday, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So we will have some interviews and some stuff for you at the Portland Auto Show. And coming up here in the next, I want to say, month or so, I'm just grabbing for my calendar real quickly. Um, We are planning, if all works out right, uh, we are going to come to you live from spring training uh, the week of March 9th or, or so. Uh, that's Saturday, uh, March 5th, and Saturday, March 14th. will find us in spring training in Peoria, Arizona. And also coming up in April, we will be at the New York International Auto Show, which is uh, the big papa of them all in New York City. And uh, we'll have uh, live coverage there for you as well. And April is as far into the future when, you, uh, <laughs> when you're my age, that's as far as you want to look into the future. But April, uh, we will be at the New York International Auto Show uh, again um, we will um, the Portland Auto Show next week in spring training. And um, I will probably have an announcement, if everything works out right, about um, another show that I'm going to be doing uh, centered around sports and baseball. We're, uh, we're working on that right now, and hopefully we'll have it sewed up or sewn up this week. And um, so you'll be able to... Um, You know, I know that the Mariners have kind of fallen off the table for a lot of people. But it's still baseball. It's still a Major League Baseball team. And um, and they deserve to get some some coverage in town. And we will, uh, we we are going to move toward that. Not on, as I say, not on this show, but in another show, we will uh, be able to uh, cover them for you. And you'll be able to get it. If you are interested in hearing um, what we have to say about baseball, okay? All right, I love it. All right, as I said before, we'll say again, my good friends at Menashian Sun Jewelers are a new sponsor on our show. If you're thinking about a wedding ring, an engagement ring, um, any kind of ring like that. My friend Linda got engaged yesterday. Unfortunately, she was in New York when she did it. So she, I couldn't um, help her out with the uh, ring, but I can help you out with your ring. Congratulations to uh, Linda and Joe on their engagement. I don't know if they're listening this morning, but congratulations to them. Linda, a longtime friend of mine, and Joe seems like a good guy. And if I'd have known that they were going to get engaged, I would have sent them to Jack Menashe. Josh, 
Menashe over in West Seattle or any one of their family members who are in the store and ready to serve you. No matter what you have on your mind in, in jewelry, they are able to listen to you. They've been in the business long enough, 47 years, I believe, that they know uh, exactly what to show you to get you in a position. They, But the most important thing is, is they listen to you. It's not like you go to some jewelry stores and they got what they got and that's it. They will, if you have something in your mind, sit there with a pencil and pen, have you draw it out, and have one of their designers go at it. Because it's your piece of jewelry, not theirs. They only make it. You're the one that wears it. They try to make your wish of a perfect ring, necklace, ID bracelet, whatever piece of jewelry that you want a reality. Sometimes it'll be right there. Sometimes they'll have it right in stock, but sometimes you'll have that thing noodling around in your head of exactly what you want it to look like, and their designers will make that dream a reality. They did it for me. They made me um, a, a, a wedding ring from my um, uh, my ex-mother-in-law. Loved it. My, even my ex-wife loved the wedding ring. Too bad she didn't like me as much as she liked the wedding ring. Manassian Sons in West Seattle. It's also a full-service jeweler if you need an appraisal. You're looking to sell something. Maybe you're looking at adding to your jewelry box. Menashe & Sons has a wide selection of estate jewelry, the biggest in the Northwest. Art Nouveau, Edwardian, Art Deco, all in one place. And they do expert repairs. Um, if it's broke, don't try to fix it anywhere else. Put it in an envelope. Bring it over to Jack at Menashe or Josh or one of his uh, staff over there and they will get it fixed right for you. Come to Menashian Sons in the heart of West Seattle, 4532 California Southwest near the junction, online at MenasheJewelers.com, and on Instagram at Jewelers. The experience is worth the trip to West Seattle. We'll be right back. It's Thursday night, and you're grabbing drinks with some friends. Started off with a pitcher for the table, which quickly becomes two. There's pool. And there's the photo booth. All right, everybody squeeze in. Say cheese. Followed naturally by an order of wings. And another. Can we get some extra ranch sauce? Then there's the ceremonial nightcap. So what are we doing this weekend? And lastly, it's back to the car, which, if you're buzzed... could be the most expensive night of your life. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Alternative Talk 1150. It is Drive Time Radio. New York Vinny here with you, 1150 KKNW is the radio station online around the world, and we understand that there are people, even in places like um, a couple of service members in places like Afghanistan listening to the show. They're homesick for Seattle. Although I don't know if you're homesick for Seattle that you listen to New York Vinny, but they were around when I was here. You know, they listened to me growing up, and now they listen all the way out in uh, in Afghanistan and places like that online at um, – 1150kknw.com. You can get the radio station uh, right there. And 
listen to it. And also, we are on podcast. You get it on Spotify, on Stitcher, on um, Anchor, and, of course, on Apple Podcasts. And uh, we put those together for you every week and put them on there so that uh, if you miss the show, you can drive to work and uh, and listen to the show on your uh, off of the www there, right into, into your phone. It's amazing. All right, this week we take a look at um, a truck that I have um, looked at before. I've driven before. I got a chance to drive it. You know, sometimes you get these press fleet vehicles, and they are usually uh, outfitted averagely, sometimes some of them better than others. But I drove a, a 2020 Ford Ranger not too long ago, and I had the opportunity to drive uh, a better model a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I was impressed with how the Ford Ranger uh, improves from model to model. I drove the Larian. Now, in case you don't know, uh, it is a compact pickup truck. It is a, a, a really nicely done pickup truck, I thought. Um, nice space inside, nice room, uh, turbocharged engine that, that feels strong. Um, I was using it actually to pull and uh, a trailer and to um, move some stuff into storage in Pittsburgh. It was comfortable inside. Uh, the sink system that they have in there is a is, is it, boy. I tell you, talk about coming back from the dead. Uh, the sink system, which people stopped buying Fords because it was so complicated, uh, they've really worked on that and got it into a, a place where it really is user friendly. And you know, that's, that's one of the things that scare people when they go out to buy these cars. Is you know, not so much with younger people, but a, a middle aged or older person. They go out to buy a car, and if that system is too complicated, it's the, the cars of no value to them. Because if you can't run the heater and you can't do the uh, the radio and this and that, simply, it makes no sense to buy the car. And Ford, I think, was finding that out as their sales was lagging. But uh, they have fixed that with the Ranger. The cab materials on the Lariat were much better than the base model. Uh, it is, uh, as I said, with the super cab, it's very roomy. It, um, you know, has uh, armrests and cup holders. It could use a few more um, USB ports because nowadays, you know, you work with an iPad. Especially if you're working, you're working with an iPad. You're working with a, a, a phone. You're working with uh, maybe a computer. You're working with maybe a zip. You're working with six or seven different um things that you need to plug in and yeah they got to go to the store and get one of those things where you plug uh, you know six usbs in there or the car should have it that was the one thing that impressed me so much about um the uh, hyundai palisade that i drove a couple of weeks ago is that it had usb ports all over the place so that if you were in the back seat or you were someone you could charge your phone you could watch what you were watching you could tap into the system without too much of a problem so ford Put some more USB ports in there. Uh, it's a, um, a a long truck, but it's not as jugunda as the big trucks. You see, uh, you know, you go and you buy the Silverado these days, or you go and buy 
you know, the large Ford F-150. And by the way, they just showed a brand new F-150. And they are big trucks. They're the size of a truck. The 2020 Ranger checks in at 17 uh, feet and change. It's only 5'11 to 6 feet, depending on the package uh, that you have. And it weighs in the area of about 4,500 pounds. So it's not that uh, it's not that big, massive truck that you have to uh, climb into all the time. Uh, and I, I thought, again, it did the job. It had some guts when you stepped on the gas. It wasn't impossible. The Ranger ought to look at putting those uh, tailgates in uh, like they have in the other ones where you have to climb up. You, know, you put the step down and climb up into the bed because it was kind of difficult to get into the bed of the truck. Uh, but you can buy these trucks. Uh, you know, th- this one's sticking at 46000 I suspect that uh, they can be had uh, for less. Uh, the competition for this truck is the Chevy Colorado and the Toyota Tacoma. Both of them, uh, as well as uh, the um, uh, the Ranger, uh, all three of them actually, really good trucks, I thought. I don't think you can go wrong with either one. Uh, the off-road packages, the FX4 that I have, this truck felt like it would climb a mountain, uh, which is something that if you go up, you see Tacoma right now, the Tacoma is really popular, the Toyota Tacoma is really popular um, with people that do off-roading. Uh, Ford, with their FX4 off-road package, is trying to go after the Toyota Tacoma with that, and so far doing a good job. As a matter of fact, between that and the Bronco, that's coming out in um, next year. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see which way the four-wheel drive goes. Uh, you know, the, the people that really take these trucks off-road and really use them to go into the deep woods and up the mountains and stuff like that, places where you're not going to take that minivan that we were talking about before. But you're going to take that huge truck uh, or small truck. And that's one of the advantages of these small trucks, too, is they maneuver better on those fire roads, on them smaller roads. Uh, you know, when you go up into, uh, you know, hunting areas and those snow-packed areas and stuff like that, there's a lot more maneuverability, I think, in these packages uh, than there are. But as far as the stat sheets, the Ranger shows that it has um, better towing and hauling capabilities uh, than the Tacoma. So if that's something that you're thinking about, you're hauling a boat, you're hauling a camper up to the woods or whatever, that's something uh, you may want. I think that uh, the Ranger and the Toyota Tacoma are, are fairly equal in in each one. It's, it's so tight in this segment between the Chevy, the Ford, and uh, the Toyota the Chevrolet, uh, the Colorado is a good truck. It probably comes up, comes down to uh, what options you want. With the Ranger, you get one option. The engine is the 2.3 liter, 270 horsepower, and that's it. You get the, uh, the trans, you know, the 10-speed automatic transmission, and that's it. And that's all, and that's what you're going to get. So, a capable off-road, uh, good on the highway, hauls a ton of stuff. Attractive truck, all of that in a package uh, that will run you. Our Ranger ran 45000 uh, and change. 
and uh, I thought, as I said, was well worth the money. Gas mileage figures. Uh, I'm trying. I, you know, I wrote them down, and somewhere, somehow, I don't have them in front of me. All the safety features are there. Uh, three-year, thirty-six thousand mile basic warranty. A five-year, sixty thousand mile powertrain warranty. The um, Super Crew also received a top rating of good in five tests, and the second highest rating of acceptable in the passenger side. Small overlap front evaluation in their crash test. So you may want to um, check that out and see what you feel comfortable with. But all of the safety equipment is uh, is in there. And um, again, the, I drove the Lariat, which is a big step up from the STX package uh, that was, um, you know, that I think had the first, uh, was in the first range I drove. As a matter of fact, the Lariat um Gives you 18-inch wheels, a chrome finish for the bumper, the exhaust tips, the tow hooks, door handles, tailgate handle, and uh, mirror cap. So it dresses up the Lariat uh, a bit. And as I said before, the uh, Lariat starts at uh, 32500 but the one I was driving was about 35000 or, uh, uh, or excuse me, it came out to be about 45000 but it was loaded with uh, with stuff. So, it's about as good as you're going to get in a compact truck. I think it all comes down to, in these trucks, what brand you prefer more than anything else. If you want a Ford, you're going to get everything you want from the Ford uh, Ranger Lariat. If you want a Chevy, uh, the Colorado is going to give you everything you want. And if you want the uh, Tacoma, the Toyota, you're going to get everything you want in that truck, too. The only difference, I think, really is that with the Tacomas, you can get a smaller engine in the Tacoma. If you don't do a lot of hauling and you don't do a lot of off-roading, the uh, smaller engine is there. So that's something to consider as well. All right, that's this week's Drive Time Road Test. And uh, the Ford Ranger, something that uh, if you're out in the market for trucks, you should be, as a matter of fact, now is a pretty good time because there are a bunch of deals on these trucks as well from uh, different dealers. So it's time to go out there if you are shopping and uh, shop around. All right? All right. Well, this hour flies by so fast. I feel like we should have two or three more segments going on here. But uh, if I did that, Mike back in the studio would start pulling his hair out. So the um, drive time comes to a close for this week. We thank you so much for listening to our show. Um, I just want to uh, also thank uh, the people that responded to my Facebook post about taking things, uh, you know, if you um, if you are, uh, you know, you buy yourself on Valentine's Day, it doesn't mean you can't find love. Grab a bouquet of flowers, a present, something, take it to an old age home, take it to a veteran's hospital, and make somebody feel some love on Valentine's weekend. We'll see you next week if the Lord's will and the creek don't rise right here on Drive Time Radio.